The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Fit after 40. It is Tuesday afternoon, the third weekend, uh, third week of the month. Uh, Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy is here along with Megan Clark. Hey guys. Hi. Hi, Jaylen. Hello. How's it going? Good. Okay. It's nice outside. It is nice outside. Then you come it's in a, here and you start talking politics and we get all fired up. It's a per that's how I get you going. Oh, is that how you get yeah, it? Just you know, what I need. I even I don't even believe half the things I was saying to you. <laughs> I just thought I'd get you going. Just, I thought that red bring out the red oh, in you. Oh yeah, poke the bear. Okay, poke the bear. <laughs> that doesn't usually work very well for no, a lot of people. No, but you know what? You're pretty. You're pretty even keel here. I am. Yeah. Question. We're going to talk today about incontinence. Yeah. We're going to talk about incontinence and uh, exercise. Sure. And um, so Megan is here because you're. this is your kind of your specialty at Leading Megan's Edge. Megan's an expert in I this area. I love this stuff. It's so interesting and I love talking about it and educating people. So why did you get interested in it? You I know, mean, because you think about it, it's like, oh, who gets interested in, in incontinence? Who wants to talk about it? You know, the thing that I love about talking about public health is that it's an area that not a lot of people know about. Mm. And I think a lot of people kind of suffer in silence. Yeah. And the thing is, there's so much that we can do to help. And there's so much that we can do to, to treat this so that you just move on with your life. You don't have to worry about your bladder anymore. Okay, so incontinence, uh, the definition is what? Involuntary leaking of your bladder or your bowels. Uh, or, or your bowels. Or your your bowels. Both are incontinence. So. Okay, yeah, I guess so. I just mainly would think of, 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 of urine then. Okay, yep. so, um, and this happens to men and women. Yep, you Women bet. and men. Now, with women, um, you know, I think, you know, childbirth, um, pregnancy, childbirth, that sort of stuff. We think about that extra weight, age. Those are all factors, right? Absolutely. And what about for men? So similar factors, you know, as as people age, men and women, that becomes more prevalent. But uh, post-operative, that becomes a bigger issue, and uh, when we're talking about men in that group, prostates. Yeah. Okay. Prostates are prostate issues and prostate surgery. Um, uh, Megan hit it on the head post-surgically. Um, I think. I mean, that's the biggest. That's the biggest area. Yeah. But I, I think it's really important for listeners to know, and and I want this. This is one of the things. It, give us a medium to talk about it, yeah. so that we can get it out there and make sure that people don't cringe using the word incontinence, mm. because no different than. And I know everybody out there is. Yes, it is different. It's embarrassing. But if somebody's exercising and they can't go to the gym because they've got an elbow pain. Mm. That's keeping them from the gym. If it's keeping them from the gym because they have incontinence or, I mean, let's say it, they're peeing their pants and they're, that's, it's a problem that's keeping from them from the gym. So it's something that should be addressed and it can be addressed. And in fact, the, the research shows that the success rate is really high. In fact, it's higher than me treating somebody with an elbow problem. Wow. So why not get in and get it dealt with? Well, and it's interesting because we see, we see the commercials on TV for the, for the uh, you know, bladder control uh, incontinence, incontinence pads. Pads, pads and all that sort yep. of stuff. And it's always yeah. usually about um, not being able to live a full life. And, you know, by the sounds of it, that is, in fact, what does happen for, for some people, that there are to go and do something or they get embarrassed that something might happen um, but I think it's also important to know that this isn't necessarily this isn't a normal part of aging is it absolutely not it's more common as we get older but it's not a normal part of aging and definitely something that you know it can not only be managed but fixed 
Okay, so there are some things, there are some tips that if you are dealing with this, just everyday things that you should be aware of. Like, for example, if you are going to the gym uh, to do a workout, make sure you empty your bladder before you go, that sort of that sort of thing. You know, maybe cut back on some of the fluids, but you also have to be careful if you're working out that sort of stuff because you don't want to get dehydrated. Absolutely. Yep. You know, so there's those things. But what you're telling me is that there's actual treatment that can be done to end this. Yeah, so it can happen. I was, we, Megan and I were talking about it before the show and I was saying to her, I was saying, you know, if people understood that it can be caused by exercise, so exercise can induce this jumping, running, mm-hmm. those sort of things can cause incontinence to occur with people with weakened or other um, dysfunctions like we were talking about as well. Um, it can sometimes be shortened in tissue that's not functioning the way that it's supposed to. So it can be caused by exercise, but the brilliant part about it is under the expert care of somebody who knows what they're doing, exercise can also be the solution. Mm -hmm. And so that the very thing that we're afraid to do can also be part of how we get people back to living a very comfortable life uh, without incontinence. So here we are talking about it, which is, I I suspect, you know, in a public forum, which I suspect doesn't happen very often. Um, Are you seeing more and more clients? Yeah, it's becoming, you know, as people are becoming more educated and as the word is getting out there that, you know, there's ways to manage this and, and fix it, we're seeing a lot more people. So it's it's awesome to see. You know, it's making the, the that phone call and saying, hey, you know, I want to see Megan. Um, you know? Yeah, and we call it, and it's w- pelvic health. You okay. know, it's 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 similar to our, you know, going to a sports physio for, like I said, uh, a knee problem. You're seeing a, a pelvic health physiotherapist for this issue, um, and Megan's got it. We've got a environment that's very comfortable. Uh, Megan's got a demeanor that's <laughs> phenomenal to deal with patients oh, with this. Grant, you flatter me. I do. <laughs> I flatter, but it's well deserved, um, and. From there, it's all about, you know, patients taking on taking on the responsibility of carrying out what they're taught. And at the same time, like I said, Megan's got a lot of techniques and some technology too. Yeah. You might want to talk about some of the technology well, that we use. Yeah, and just maybe before we get to that, I mean, so is it a wide age range or does it kind of, you know, is it like 50s, 60s, 70s? Is it 20s to... 100 like are you seeing clients from all ages so it can really you know start in childhood okay bedwetting is something that can be managed with pelvic health physio um you know that that kind of pregnancy group that's a big one and learning about your pelvic floor and figuring out okay what's normal after pregnancy what's not normal Mm -hmm. and when it's an important or a good idea to kind of seek out treatment um and then you know that postpartum group as we get older Mm -hmm. and the thing is you don't have to have kids to deal with these problems or to to experience these problems so um i think that's another important thing to kind of know when you talk about the pelvic floor yeah what is that in in men and women so it's a group of muscles that is at the bottom of your pelvis and so i'll kind of describe it as being like a trampoline or a bowl so it starts at your pubic bone which is that bony part at the front of your pelvis and then the muscles attach to your tailbone and then they fan out to the sides and so in a healthy pelvic floor they need to be able to lift and squeeze and that helps you know control your bladder and your bowels but also helps provide support to those organs so Mm -hmm. that they keep them up because they can drop down. I know people yeah. who've had surgery to fix that yeah. because of uh, of a weakened pelvic floor. Yeah. And that is 
that's something that you don't want to have to get to. Not at all. And that's called a prolapse. And yeah. that, can, that can involve, you know, one organ, like your bladder, or it can involve a few different organs, like your bladder or your uterus. So it can become a big problem for people. All right. Um, Grant Fedork, Megan Clark from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joining me in studio. We're talking about pelvic health today. We're talking about incontinence. We're talking about um, getting your life back if you are dealing with this. How can that be done? Well, Megan and Grant will tell us right after this. Okay, we're talking about pelvic health uh, in this episode of Fit After 40, incontinence, exercise, what can be done. Um, Grant Fedork, Megan Clark joining me in studio. So when one exercises and has bladder leakage, what is happening there? I mean, the, the bladder is leaking, but why is it happening? Right, good question. So for the most part, it's an increase in, in pressure that's being, um, it's overcoming the strength and the endurance of the pelvic floor. So if you're coughing or sneezing or laughing, you can think of kind of holding your breath and that pressure going downwards mm -hmm. on those muscles and then it not being able to withstand that. So same thing is happening when you're exercising, if you're jumping or if you're running or if you're sprinting or lifting something heavy. And, and if, if it's too heavy for your, for your pelvic floor, then it's, it's going to overtake it. And so that's the same thing if you, uh, if you, you know, if, if it happens when you're laughing too much or if you sneeze. Yeah, you bet. Cause it's involuntary. So yeah. at that point, those muscles are trying to maintain yeah. that force against another force and they're not able to, which is why it's more common after pregnancy as an example, okay. because that's what that, that, uh, child birthing process and the whole uh what do you how would you describe it the entire process of childbirth requires those muscles to do a lot of things yeah and through that process they can become weak and they can't hold that that pressure any longer okay so what um what do you do to fix it yeah so a big part of of kind of addressing incontinence is retraining your pelvic floor and so that can look two different ways. If it's a, an issue of strength, then you're you're strengthening those muscles. And that can include, you know, your Kegels or your pelvic floor contractions, but not just learning how to do that, progressing it like any other activity. So you're making sure that you're increasing the strength and the endurance. Okay, pause there for a second. Yeah. I think a lot of people think Kegels are just for women. Everybody has a pelvic floor. Thank you. Yep. So it's just, it's just not. Um, the proper way to do this, though. Mm -hmm. That's where I think a lot of people struggle because everybody knows about Kegels, but I would say very few people that I, I work with and that I talk to this stuff about feel 100% confident that they're doing it correctly. And sometimes it's a matter of trying to figure out how to find those muscles, <laughs> um, which is a challenge on in its own, yeah. but then also figuring out how to isolate that muscle. So how do you do that? So it's it's thinking about that that low grade lift and squeeze, and there's lots of different cues that you can use. Um, you know, imagining that you're kind of stopping the passive gas, or you're trying to stop the flow of urine, but not actually practicing while doing that. That's a bad idea. Okay, I see. All right. So yeah, one of the things that I've always read, and you just touched on, it is like practicing your 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 stopping the stream of going to a, to the bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and that means you've engaged the proper muscles. That's your pelvic floor. That is the pe pelvic floor. Now, when you're doing these, how long should you do it for? So, you know, if you are able to isolate that muscle and you feel really confident about it, then kind of the magic number is three sets of 10 with a 10 second hold. That's what the evidence is telling us. 10 second hold. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
But we have there's a good time to interject though and say there are ways to help people knowing to know that they're actually doing it properly as mm-hmm. well, and we have technology that helps that. Okay, okay, I'm fascinated. <laughs> what is, how does that work? <laughs> so I think the the big part of pelvic health physio, and this is I think the part that make a lot of people uncomfortable, is in isolating and and figuring out what's going on with those muscles, you need to assess them. It's like no other part of your body. Um, It's no different, but that includes an internal evaluation. Okay. Because those muscles are in your pelvis. If you're you're just kind of assessing externally, you're just guessing. Okay. Um, And so that's where, you know, you find out, okay, I'm doing it right. And then if you are doing it right, you're continuing on from there. Um, and if you're not doing it right, then I'm teaching you how to Okay, find so those is muscles. that technology that you use so on the person or is it that you tell the person how to do it? It depends. Okay. So it depends on the person. For a lot of people that I work with, it's just a matter of, you know, kind of learning what those internal cues are, what that feels like to find that muscle. But for some people, um, introducing some technology like the biofeedback machine, that's uh, that's helpful too. So if they're struggling, they can't find the muscles, they can't figure it out. The biofeedback is a machine that registers the activity of the muscle. Oh, okay. So by looking at a screen, you're seeing what's happening. Okay. And then you're trying to associate with, okay, so that's what she means. That's what it feels like if I do it internally um, or if I do it, you know, myself. And if, again, we're still kind of struggling, then we're using uh, the stem or the muscle um the electrical stem to to create that activity and to just kind of give you a little extra boost. Okay, so you you find out how to do it properly. You you you're doing uh, you know your three by ten for for thirty seconds, um, and then I'm guessing um, I'm thinking back to my weight training days. Okay, so if I started doing um, you know bicep curls with you know uh, twenty pound weights, sooner or later I want to get up to twenty five pound weight or thirty or forty That's or fifty. Right. So how do you increase Increase the strength of your pelvic floor. Yeah. So you start in the, the easiest position possible. So you're lying on your back. So, you know, gravity is kind of eliminated from the picture and you're getting really good at doing them there. And then you're doing them in a sitting position and then you're doing them in a standing position. And then eventually you're doing them with your other activities. So if, you know, for example, you're incontinent when you're squatting, then we start doing that exercise with squatting and then we add more weight ah. onto it. Very functional. Yeah, and it exactly. can be done with weight, just like you described. Huh. Weights, like in your hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a barbell. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, okay, I see So you're, you're exerting saying. that force that was putting that down, That's that right. pressure. So whatever, it, as Megan was describing, it might be while you're doing a squat or it, later on it could even be jumping, am I right? Yeah, for sure, sprinting. And sprinting, and now you're doing those activities or that exercise while trying to engage wow. that, yeah, those pelvic floor muscles. And through that functional um, challenges, You'll get better and better, and just like any other, just like any other muscles, they can be trained properly. We're going to be out of time soon, but I you're know. you're training, you're training that that brings you here. I mean, what's your background? Yeah, so when you graduate as a, a physiotherapist, you have a, a master's degree. Um, I'm from the U of A, and uh, when you graduate, you're very generalized. And so I've taken additional training out of Ontario to kind of get more comfortable with this area yeah. and have more expertise and, and be able to have this kind of subcategory of patients. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> my son just turned 12. We've tried everything to help him overcome bedwetting. It's hard on him. He's missing out on so much. 
What's an overview of what can he expect when he goes in to see a pelvic physiotherapist? Is this something his doctor can set up for him or do we pursue it personally? They would just contact Leading Edge yeah. Physiotherapy and ask for an appointment with you, wouldn't right. they? Right, and, and uh, Megan, Megan's very humble, but she also has training specifically dealing with children and that's another okay. sub-area or sub-expertise as well. So this is one of the areas that uh, Megan practices in. But to answer the question... Yeah, so with somebody like that, it would um, include retraining of the pelvic muscles as well, but with children, that's done all externally. So still using the biofeedback machine, but using electrodes, service electrodes, and and um, helping this young man kind of find these muscles and make sure that they're doing uh, the job that they're supposed to be doing, but also making sure that if it's bedwetting specifically, that we're taking some, some strategies to, to kind of gradually increase his bladder capacity Mm -hmm. to be able to, uh, you know, hold it throughout the whole night and working on his behavioral and, stuff. And, and and success rate? For the children? Oh, yeah, for, uh, for children, for everybody. Oh, it's incredible. Like, this stuff is, um, it can really change your quality of life. Okay. So it's it's happening and it's and it's it's making a huge difference. Absolutely, Absolutely. which is one of the reasons we want to make sure that we're talking about it Absolutely. and getting it out there because there's really no reason for people to sit at home and and you brought it up earlier. Sometimes some of those other strategies, medication, mm. uh, the you know the the pads that you're gonna yeah. wear around, those are those are really dealing with the symptoms. They're not getting to the root cause. And as I always say, if you can get to the bottom of it pardon the pun but if you can I mean this is this is just one of those areas where it can make a huge impact on somebody's life and before we let you go we're already out of time um, is it ever too late to get this fixed never never I mean the sooner you're dealing with these things the sooner you should be coming in but if it's been 20 30 50 years that you can still retrain these muscles Thank you so much. LeadingEdgePhysio.com, LeadingEdgePhysiotherapy.com. There's a great um, uh, Ask the Physio button right on there. You can get a hold of Grant, can get a hold of anyone there, and uh, all sorts of information on we that. We offer these services at uh, Windermere okay. and uh, as well in St. Albert. And I think, Megan, you're also at Capilano. I'm everywhere.